Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for the online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. And off the, on that same, directly on that same top menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, and which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m., Eastern Time. Today we're uh, continuing our reading in Chapter 25, The Remedy, with Section 10, The Justice of Heaven. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for remembering our lesson for the day, Lesson 275. God's healing voice protects all things today. Well, let me ask you, Lori, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call? Boy, do I ever mind this is a real gift uh, from a rather obscure source. Uh, Rabindranath Tagore in his work Gitanjali um, offers this it's so perfect where the mind is without fear and the head is held high where knowledge is free where the world has not been broken up into fragments by narrow domestic walls where words come out from the depth of truth where tireless striving stretches its arms toward perfection, where the clear stream of reason has not lost its way into the dreary desert sand of dead habit, where the mind is led forward by thee into ever-widening thought and action into that heaven of freedom, my Father, let my country awake. God's healing voice protects all things today and the justice of heaven. Amen. Thank you so much, Lori. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. I will listen for that voice. Amen. Justice of heaven, let it rain. Thank you for bringing it. You're welcome. It was a great find. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Lori. Okay, let me go to the list I've got here with us in reading. 
I have uh, Fran, Lori, Jennifer, and Jessica with us and listening. I have Sheila, Robin Marie, and Judy. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning. I'll just be listening. Good morning. And welcome. Anyone else? All right, then. I'll go ahead and get us started with uh, chapter 25, the, uh, the remedy, section 10, the justice of heaven. What can it be but arrogant to think your little errors cannot be undone by heaven's justice? And what could this mean except that they are sins and not mistakes, forever uncorrectable, and to be met with vengeance, not with justice? Are you willing to be released from all effects of sin? You cannot answer this until you see all that the answer must entail. For if you answer, quote, yes, it means you will forgo all values of this world in favor of the peace of heaven. Not one sin would you retain, and not one doubt that this is possible will you hold dear that sin be kept in place. You mean that truth has greater value now than all illusion, and you recognize that truth must be revealed to you because you know not what it is. And Frank. Chapter 25, The Remedy, Section 10, The Justice of Heaven, <clears throat> Paragraph 78. What can it be but arrogance to think your little errors cannot be undone by heaven's justice? And what could this mean except that they are sins and not mistakes? forever uncorrectable, and to be met with vengeance, not with justice. Are you willing to be released from all effects of sin? You cannot answer this until you see all that the answer must entail. For if you answer, quote, unquote, yes, it means you will forgo all values of this world in favor of the peace of heaven. Not one sin would you retain. And not one doubt that this is possible. Will you hold dear that sin be kept in place? You mean that truth has greater value now than all illusions. <clears throat> and you recognize the truth must be revealed to you because you know not what it is. 79. To give reluctantly is not to gain the gift because you are reluctant to accept it. It is saved for you until reluctance to receive it disappears 
and you are willing it be given you. God's justice warrants gratitude, not fear. Nothing you give is lost to you or anyone, but cherished and preserved for you in heaven, where all of the treasures given to God's Son are kept for him and offered anyone who but holds out his hand in willingness they be received. Nor is the treasure less as it is given out. Each gift received, but as to the supply. For God is fair. He does not fight against his son's reluctance to perceive salvation as a gift from him. Yet would his justice not be satisfied until it is received by everyone. Thank you, Fran. And Lori? To give reluctantly is not to gain the gift because you are reluctant to accept it. It is safe for you until reluctance to receive it disappears and you are willing it be given you. God's justice warrants gratitude, not fear. Nothing you give is lost to you or anyone but cherished and preserved for you in heaven where all the treasures given to God's Son are kept for him and offered anyone who would hold out his hand in willingness they be received. Nor is the treasure less it is as it is given out. Each gift received but adds to the supply. For God is fair. He does not fight against his son's reluctance to perceive salvation as a gift from him. Yet would his justice not be satisfied until it is received by everyone. Be certain any answer to a problem the Holy Spirit solves will always be one in which no one loses. And this must be true because he asks no sacrifice of anyone. An answer which demands the slightest loss to anyone has not, been res- has not resolved the problem but has added to it and made it greater, harder to resolve, and more unfair. It is impossible the Holy Spirit could see unfairness as a resolution. To him, what is unfair must be corrected because it is unfair. And every error is a perception in which at least one is seen unfairly. Thus is justice not according to the Son of God. When anyone is seen as losing, He has been condemned, and punishment becomes his due instead of justice. Thank you, Lori. And Jennifer? A. Be certain any answer to a problem the Holy Spirit solves will always be one in which no one loses. And this must be true because he asks no sacrifice of anyone. An answer which demands the slightest loss to anyone has not resolved the problem, but has added to it and made it greater, harder to resolve, and more unfair. It is impossible the Holy Spirit could see unfairness as a resolution. To him, what is unfair must be corrected because it 
because it is unfair. And every error is a perception in which one at least is unseen unfairly. Thus is justice not accorded to the Son of God. When anyone is seen as losing, he has been condemned, and punishment becomes his due instead of justice. The sight of innocence makes punishment impossible and justice sure. The sight of innocence makes punishment impossible and justice sure. The Holy Spirit's perfection leaves no ground for an attack. Only a loss can justify attack. And loss of any kind he cannot see. The world solves problems in another way. Sees a revolution as a state in which it is decided who shall win and who shall lose. How much the one shall take and how much can the loser still defend. Thank you, Jennifer. And Jessica. Yeah. <clears throat> 81. The sight of innocence makes punishment impossible and justice sure. The Holy Spirit's perception leaves no ground for an attack. Only a loss could justify attack. And loss of any kind he cannot see. Somebody's unmuted. The world solves problems in another way. It sees a resolution as a state in which it is decided who shall win and who shall lose, how much the one shall take and how much can the loser still defend. 82. Yet does the problem still remain unsolved, for only justice can set up a state in which there is no loser, no one left unfairly treated and deprived, and thus with grounds for vengeance. Problem solving cannot be vengeance, which at best can bring another problem added to the first, in which the murder is not obvious. The Holy Spirit's problem solving is the way in which the problem ends. It has been solved because it has been met with justice. Until it has, it will recur because it has not yet been solved. The principle that justice means no one can lose is crucial to this course. For miracles depend on justice, not as it is seen through this world's eyes, but as God knows it and as knowledge is reflected in the sight the Holy Spirit gives. Amen. Thank you, Jessica. And um, is there a new reader who would like to read uh, 82 and 83? 
This is Sandra. I would love to read it. <laughs> 82. Yet does the problem still remain unsolved, for only justice can set up a state in which there is no loser, no one left unfairly treated and deprived, and thus with grounds for vengeance. Problem solving cannot be vengeance, which is at best, which at best, can bring another problem added to the first in which the murder is not obvious. The Holy Spirit's problem solving is the way in which the problem ends. The Holy Spirit's problem solving is the way in which the problem ends. It has been solved because it has been met with justice. Until it has, it will recur because it has not yet been solved. The principle that justice means no one can lose is crucial to the course. For seen through the world's eyes, sorry, for miracles depend on justice, not as it is seen through the world's eyes, but as God knows it, and as knowledge is reflected in the sight the Holy Spirit gives. 83. No one deserves to lose. And what would be unjust to him cannot occur. Healing must be for everyone because he does not merit an attack of any kind. What order can there be in miracles unless someone deserves to suffer more than others and others less? And is this justice to the holy holy innocent? A miracle is justice. It is not a special gift to some to be withheld from others as less worthy, more condemned, and thus apart from healing. Who is there who can be separate from salvation if its purpose is to end, is the end of specialness? Where is salvation's justice if some errors are unforgettable and warrant vengeance in place of healing and return to peace? Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 83 and 84? Another reader for 83 and 4? I I could do that. Go ahead. Thanks, Robin Marie. You're welcome. 83. No one deserves to lose, and what would be unjust to him cannot occur. Healing must be for everyone because he does not merit an attack of any kind. What order can there be in miracles unless someone deserves to suffer more and others less? And is this justice to the holy innocent? A miracle is justice. It is not a special gift to some to be, it is not a special gift to some to be withheld from others as less worthy more condemned, and thus apart from healing. Who is there who can be separate from salvation if its purpose is the end of specialness? Where is salvation's justice if some errors are unforgivable and warrant vengeance in place of healing and return of peace? 84. 
Salvation cannot seek to help God's son be more unfair than he has sought to be. If miracles, the Holy Spirit's gifts, were given specially to an elect and special group and kept apart from others as less deserving, then he is allied to specialness. What he cannot perceive, he bears no witness to, and everyone is equally entitled to his gift of healing and deliverance and peace. To give a problem to the Holy Spirit to solve for you means that you want it solved. To keep it for yourself to solve without his help is to decide it should remain unsettled, unresolved, and lasting in its power of injustice and attack. No one can be unjust to you unless you have decided first to be unjust. And then must problems rise to block your way and peace be scattered by the winds of hate. Thank you, Roman Murray. And is there another new reader for 84 and 5? Oh, here, I'm sitting on mute. Pardon me. Thank you, Robin Marie. Is there an, uh, excuse me, another new reader for 84 and 85? Another new reader? Okay, back to you, Brian. 84. Salvation cannot seek to help God's Son be more unfair than he has sought to be. If miracles, the Holy Spirit's gift, were given specially to an elect and special group and kept apart from others as less deserving, then is he allied to specialness. What he cannot perceive, he bears no witness to. And everyone is equally entitled to his gift of healing and deliverance and peace. To give a problem to the Holy Spirit to solve for you means that you want it solved. To keep it for yourself to solve without his help is to decide it should remain unsettled, unresolved, and lasting in its power of injustice and attack. No one can be unjust to you unless you have decided first to be unjust. And then must problems rise to block your way and peace be scattered by the winds of hate. 85. Unless you think that all your brothers have an equal right to miracles with you, you will not claim your right to them because you are unjust to one with equal rights. Seek to deny and you will feel denied. Seek to deprive and you have been deprived. A miracle never be received because another could receive it not. Only forgiveness offers miracles. And pardon must be just to everyone. Thank you, Brent. And Lori. Um, 
Golden Paragraph 85. Unless you think all your brothers have an equal right to miracles with you, you will not claim your right to them because you are unjust to one with equal rights. Seek to deny and you will feel denied. Seek to deprive and you have been deprived. A miracle can never be received because another could receive it not. Only forgiveness offers miracles and pardon must be just to everyone. The little problems that you keep and hide become your secret sins because you did not choose to let them be removed for you. And so they gather dust and grow until they cover everything that you perceive and leave you fair to no one. Not one right do you believe you have. And bitterness with vengeance justified and mercy lost condemns you as unworthy of forgiveness. The unforgiven have no mercy to bestow upon another. That is why your sole responsibility must be to take forgiveness for yourself. The miracle that you receive, you give. Each one, each one becomes an illustration of the law in which salvation rests, that justice must be done to all if anyone is to be healed. No one can lose and everyone must benefit. Thank you, Lori. And Jennifer, would you read through the end? Sure thing. 86. The little problems that you keep and hide become your secret thing because you did not choose to let them be removed for you. And so they gather dust and grow until they cover everything that you perceive and leave you fair to no one. Now what, not one right do you believe you have, and bitterness with vengeance justified and mercy lost condemns you as unworthy of forgiveness. The unforgiven have no mercy to bestow upon another. That is why your sole responsibility must be to take forgiveness for yourself. The miracle that you receive, you give. Each one becomes an illustration of the law on which salvation rests, that justice must be done to all if anyone is to be healed. No one can lose, and everyone must benefit. Each miracle is an example of what justice of what justice can accomplish when it is offered to everyone alike. It is received and given equally. It is awareness that giving and receiving are the same. Because it does not make the same unlike. It sees no differences where none exist. 
And thus it is the same for everyone because it sees no differences in them. Its offering is universal and it teaches but one message. 88. What is God's belongs to everyone and is his too. Thank you, Jennifer. And Jessica. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. 87. Each miracle is an example of what justice can accomplish when it is offered to everyone alike. It is received and given equally. It is awareness that giving and receiving are the same. Because it does not make the same unlike, it sees no differences where none exist. And thus, it is the same for everyone because it sees no differences in them. Its offering is universal and it teaches but one message. What is God's belongs to everyone and is his due. Amen. Thank you, Jessica. It appears this uh, section, in, in a certain sense, summarizes itself, so I'm going to read this. What is God's belongs to everyone, and therefore is your due. So this section on the justice of the heaven a little reluctant to try to, <laughs> to summarize, but as it says here, to give reluctantly is not to gain the gift because you are reluctant to accept it. It is safe for you until reluctance to receive it disappears and you are willing it be given you. God's justice warrants gratitude, not fear. Nothing you give is lost to you or anyone but cherished and preserved for you in heaven where all of the treasures given to God's Son are kept for him and offered anyone who but holds out his hand in willingness, they be received. Nor is the treasure less as it is given out. Be certain any answer to a problem the Holy Spirit solves will always be one in which no one loses. And this must be true because he asks no sacrifice of anyone. An answer which demands the slightest loss to anyone has not resolved the problem, but has added to it and made it greater, harder to resolve, and more unfair. It is impossible the Holy Spirit to see unfairness as a resolution. 
to him what is unfair must be corrected because it is unfair. And every error is a perception in which one at least is seen unfairly. The sight of innocence makes punishment impossible and justice sure. The Holy Spirit's perception leaves no ground for an attack. Only a loss could justify attack and loss of any kind he cannot take. Skip ahead here to uh, the Holy Spirit's problem solving is the way in 82. The Holy Spirit's problem solving is the way in which the problem ends. It has been solved because it has been met with justice. Until it has, it will recur because it has not yet been solved. The principle that justice means no one can lose is crucial to this course. For miracles depend on justice not as it is seen through this world's eyes, but as God knows it. Knowledge isn't reflected in the sight the Holy Spirit gives. 83. No one deserves to lose. Healing must be for everyone, because no one merits an attack of any kind. What order can there be in miracles unless someone deserves to suffer more and others less? And is this justice to the holy innocent? A miracle is justice. It is not a special gift to some to be withheld from others as less worthy, more condemned, and thus apart from healing. Who is there who can be separate from salvation if its purpose is the end of specialness. Salvation cannot seek to help God's Son be more unfair than he has already sought to be. To give a problem to the Holy Spirit to solve for you means that you want it solved. To keep it for yourself to solve without his help is to decide it should remain unsettled, unresolved, and lasting in its power of injustice and attack. No one can be unjust to you unless you have decided first to be unjust. And then must problems rise to block your way and peace be scattered by the winds of hate. Unless you think that all your brothers have an equal right to miracles with you, you will not claim your right to them because you are unjust to one with equal not equal right. Seek to deny and you will feel denied. Seek to deprive and you have been deprived. A miracle can never be received because another could receive it not. 
Only forgiveness offers miracle, and pardon must be just to everyone. Getting down to 86. Your sole responsibility must be to take forgiveness for yourself. The miracle that you receive, you give. Each one becomes an illustration of the law on which salvation rests. That justice must be done to all if anyone, anyone is to be healed. No one can lose and everyone must benefit. Each miracle is an example of what justice can accomplish if it is offered to everyone alike. It is received and given equally. It is awareness that giving and receiving are the same. Because it does not make the same unlike, it sees no differences where none exist. And thus it is the same for everyone because it sees no differences at all or in them. Its offering is universal and it teaches but one message. What is God's belongs to everyone and is his due. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, y'all, welcome. I just keep getting this really strong, clear message that it is really all all about the sharing, (laughs) sharing equally. And we're right up near the top of the hour, so I ask you all to give your attention to Fran as she leads us in the lesson for the day. God's healing voice protects all things today. Take it away, Fran. Thank you. Thanks for mine. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. And the theme we're on now is, what is the Christ? And today's lesson, lesson 275, God's healing voice protects all things today. Now she'll read something, what is the Christ? And we'll go to our lesson and we'll do our five-minute practice. Okay. What is the Christ? Christ is the link that keeps you one with God and guarantees that separation is no more than an illusion of despair, for hope forever will abide in him. Your mind is part of his and his of yours. He is the part in which God's answer lies, where all decisions are already made and dreams are over. He remains untouched by anything the body's eyes perceive. 
For though in him his father placed the means for your salvation, yet does he remain the self who, like his father, knows no sin. Home of the Holy Spirit, and at home in God alone, does Christ remain at peace within the heaven of your holy mind. This is the only part of you that has reality and truth. The rest is dreams. Yet will these dreams be given unto Christ to fade before his glory and reveal your holy self, the Christ, to you at last. And we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 275. God's healing voice protects all things today. Let us today attend the voice of God, which speaks an ancient lesson no more true today than any other day. Yet has this day been chosen as the time when we will seek and hear and learn and understand. Join me in hearing, for the voice of God tells us of things we cannot understand alone, nor learn apart. It is in this that all things are protected. And in, the, and in this, the healing of the voice of God is found. Your healing voice protects all things today, and so I leave all things to you. I need be anxious over nothing, for your voice will tell me what to do, where to go, to whom to speak, and what to say to him, what thoughts to think, what words to give the world. The safety that I bring is given me. Father, your voice protects all things through me. Lesson 275, God's healing voice protects all things today. Five minutes.
Lesson 275, God's healing voice protects all things today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'll just have to add in, I love when he tells us that he's going to tell us what to do, where to go, to whom to speak, what to say to him, what thoughts to think, what words to give the world. Ah, so comforting to know that we have help. Wow. I had an experience the other day. I had a difficult time with a, another person. And um, I kept asking for help. And all of a sudden, I was so grateful that I had some place to go to. And I thought about all the years of my life when I didn't have that place, or I had it and I didn't know I had it. It was just, I was so grateful. It helped the whole situation, just being grateful, knowing I have a place to go to. Help. I have help. I'm complete. Thank you, friend. That was beautiful. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. This is Jen. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I was thinking about uh, was innocence. And through forgiving my own self, I'm able to not, you know, forgive everybody else. But in my forgiving myself is my innocence. And the only truth about existence is love. And my innocence is in love. That's where my innocence is. So truth and innocence and love are all the same thing. And uh, so... In my innocence, uh, I'm constantly in the human form, in this human body. I'm constantly needing help every second of the day. And forgiving myself for judging the fact that I need help all the time (laughs) is my process. I recognize that right now. And, um, yeah, that's... That's what I'm learning right now. And in my innocence, uh, grounded in that awareness that I'm a holy, lovable child of God, and that is innocence. And in that is where I'm learning right now that forgiving 
someone that scares me or forgiving myself for being scared in any situation is a, a form of receiving, receiving in my innocence. I'm receiving love and guidance, like Fran was just reiterating from the reading. So my willingness to say I need help all the time, my awareness of that um, allows the Holy Spirit to solve all the problems that I have or see or to come that I guess really aren't there when I'm grounded in my innocence. So my prayer is, more and more I see myself first as innocent so I can see you innocent and not leave anything, anyone out with a beating heart. I'm complete. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. Beautiful. Thank you. That was so lovely, Jennifer. Thank you. I love you, too. Morning. This is Sandra. And uh, right along with you, Jennifer, I, it was so important for me to be able to forgive myself and to see myself as innocent. And that was a huge, that took a while. It took a long time. I'm still in the process. Because until I could do that, and, and and the only way I could do that was through my was through the Holy Spirit, and and allowing the Holy Spirit's definition of me or God's definition of me to over overcome other people's definitions of me. And it's it's just all over this. The Holy Spirit's problem solving is the way in which the problem ends. It is not a special gift to some to be withheld from others as less worthy, more condemned. Um, you know, it just keeps telling me to, um, <clears throat> to, keep it, to keep it for yourself to solve. And I used to do that through processing. I used to process a lot with everybody. And, um, and what I was doing was, it was sharing, but I was sharing the mess instead of the message. And I see now for myself that I need to share the message. We're in a, you know, in a, in a really delicate place as a species, as a planet. You know, there's a mess out there. I don't want to give, feed that mess. I don't want to give more attention to that mess. I want to turn it all over to the Holy Spirit. And it, all over this book it says, seek not outside yourself. And even though it's my job to see the Holy Spirit in all my brothers and sisters, to see the face of God in all my brothers and sisters, the only one that's, that's truly that I can, you know, I, and I have to give a, a lot of brothers and sisters the benefit of the doubt, but the only one that I can really count on is, is my Holy Spirit, my higher mind. And to bring my problems to that, to be solved, and to forgive myself and to see my innocence, that's the ticket. And to forgive everybody else and to see their innocence, that's the ticket. 
then I'm not carrying the mess. I'm carrying the message. I'm complete. Boy, I really like that, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning, it's Lana. Um, I'm struggling a little bit physically, but mentally I'm, I'm just in such a beautiful place. Um, this reading is lovely, and your shares have been so spot on. You know, if when I go to that quiet, still place in my mind, where the thinking mind ceases, and I'm just present with nothing else. I'm on the porch. I'm sorry for the background noise. Um, the first thing I notice is I exist. I'm aware that there's an existence here. And this existence is the Son of God. And it seems like my mission is to bring love where love seems not to be. It only seems not to be. And when I, can, when I confront it, it can be very intimidating. And the Son of God can be convinced it's a part of it. So choosing love all the time reminds me that who I am, this awareness that's perceiving something that appears to be not love, is, is in a delusional state. It's seeing something that isn't there. When I look at my brothers in bodies, if I just dropped the costume of the body, I would see we're all one in Christ, that there's no delineation between where I end and they begin. And that reminds me that healing begins with me, uh, just like it's been shared. I must heal my mind and return to my essence and awareness as the Son of God, my Holy Spirit, to, to be aware of the innocence I'm perceiving. That brings back the truth to my mind, and I see that what I thought was not love isn't there, that the only thing that's truly there is the love of God. And within the power of that love, Illusions disappear. They just fade away from the mind. So it's that returning to the awareness of the oneness we all share in God. And it doesn't matter what those unloving illusions appear. Uh, they have no degrees as far as reality. You know, a slight, a slight hint of discomfort is no different than a thought of murder because none of it is real. So I don't have to judge degrees of appearances of not love. I just have to remember that they're not true and they're not real. And bring my mind, keep my mind fixed in the awareness of who I am as the Son of God. This Son of God was born, seemed to be born into a body. But the Son of God is one with all its brothers. And in that remembrance, I keep my sanity <laughs> and my peace. I'm complete. 
Oh, thank that was you so beautiful, much. Anna. Yeah. So generous. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lana. Um, this is Jessica, and uh, that it was a wonderful, a wonderful gift to see in paragraph eighty-six, um, where he says, "Let's see, where is it now? I think it's in paragraph eighty-six." Um, okay, he says, "Okay, so." The unforgiven have no mercy to bestow on one another. That is why your sole responsibility must be to take forgiveness for yourself. What does that remind us of? That our one responsibility is to accept the atonement for ourselves. So here's just another way of saying that, which I thought was really nice um, because Take forgiveness for yourself. I don't have to wait for anybody, not not even God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Forgive me. I can take forgiveness for myself, and that is the atonement. And that is my sole responsibility, you guys. <laughs> Join me. Thank you. Oh, the best news ever. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. I really love that. And you know why? Because it says when it talks about the remedy, the atonement being the one answer for everything, that it's love. It's just love, loving thoughts. Only loving thoughts are true, and the lesson really makes that simply clear that simplicity clear to me that the voice of God, the thoughts of God, only think loving thoughts it doesn't think in any other way there are no specific differences or degrees or you know like the the text speaks of you know. Everything's alike, and it's loved equally as all the same, one and the same. And it's just a beautiful lesson in text today. Thank you for being here. I'm complete. Thanks for that. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. thing I was thinking was instant karma is going to get me, that to give and receive our one in truth. And this whole thing about being deprived, feeling like I'm not loved or I'm denied or I'm, I've got some lack going on or I'm treated unfairly, this whole injustice to myself, that I can only save myself. And, you know, I so agree with what you said, Jessica, because that is what the Course teaches us. I can only hurt myself and I can only help myself. I'm the one that's in charge of my salvation. God will not trump my misery. 
He won't trump my ego. He allows me to have my ego if I so choose it. This is where want and desire, what do I want? Do I want heaven? Do I really want reality as God defines it? Do I want heaven to be true for me? <laughs> or do I mind, do I mind a, a little misery every day? You know, do I mind a little sickness? Do I uh, mind a lot of a little separation, little private thoughts, a little ego, a little hostage to the beliefs of the world? And I was thinking this morning there there is no presence of God in me unless Judy's completely absent. Judy's got to go. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. This is Jen. And my lesson in Course in Miracles, where I'm at, is uh, is interesting how it aligns with uh, today what we're reading. It is, um, I'll share with you, let me be still and listen to the truth. And well, if I'm willing to do that, then this lesson is that we're listening to today and that I'm doing with the course on 106 is the lesson. Um, everything will fall into place. My innocence, yours, and the Holy Spirit's function will be in full, <laughs> full bridge action. I'm complete. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, There's a, a line in paragraph 84 where it speaks, speaks of the Holy Spirit, cannot perceive, he bears no witness to. And, you know, that vision is our greatest need, that we need to recognize that our God-given function is forgiveness, that we as the light of the world need to witness our own spiritual perfection. And that's to really relinquish looking through the body's eyes, seeing through the eyes of perception. 
judging the books by the cover. And and going beyond that and questioning and saying, you know, what what is your inestimable value for me today? I don't know who you are today. I love the way you said it said it this morning, Lemoyne, that um I feel like I've never done this before. And then you said, well, and you laughed and you said, I never have done this before today because <laughs> today's a brand new day. And I think that's, you know, that beginner's mind that I don't know what's happening here, that I really, you know, through my body's eyes and my personal memory, I think I know everybody. I think I know who you are and what we're doing here and the meaning and our purpose, and it's like, no, 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 no. That all has to go every day and say, what's happening? What is really happening here? What is she and she and he and he really saying? Am I really listening? Do I really care? Do I really want to listen and learn and correct my response and my thoughts, my reactions and my thoughts, and, and, and let the world reflect myself back to me because that's all perception is, a mirroring back to me, either my love for it or my dissatisfaction with it, my discontent, my loss of peace with it. And that's a minute-by-minute minute kind of an awareness. And I'm always re- trying to remember that. I can never be anywhere but here and now. And that... You know, talking about what we talked about yesterday is really crazy to me. You know, talking about what I did yesterday or, you know, experiences like, you know, we all do that, but aren't we now not missing here and now and being present with what we're, we're looking at in the text today, how we're feeling today, what's going on today, and... Um, you know, to think of process and to think of it being a journey, I think it takes away from me um, the idea that I'm already perfect. I have to recognize it, realize it, and claim it here and now. It's not something I'm working towards or striving for. Then I'm either it, capital it, I'm love or I'm not. Am I being love itself? capital itself right here and right now and if I'm listening to anyone am I listening with love itself is that how open my mind is today it's just stuff I ask myself thank you I'm complete Nice point. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. You know, something you said, Sandra, about the process and analyzing, and, you know, we all need to be mindful of how we think and how we feel.
but to ruminate it and think about it is another thing. That's um, where I, I try to remember. My sponsor <laughs> years ago used to say that, um, and she got it directly from the Course. She said, the ego analyzes and the Holy Spirit accepts and loves. The end. I'm complete. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, I don't know. What does everyone else think about this? There's no one can lose principle. And it says it's the principle that justice means no one can lose is crucial to this course. For miracles depends on justice. And I think that really, you know, rips us out of the material world because it speaks directly to me of miracles as being expressions of love, which are always maximal. And also it speaks to me of the lesson today. You know, that if I'm listening and hearing only the voice voice of God, that that's all I'm going to hear. You know, it's like singing in my heart. So, ergo, there I go again. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Yes, the lesson and the text definitely go together well today. This is Ida. Thank you. I'm complete. Well, they sure do, Ida. Thank you. Yeah, they do. You're welcome. Yes, it takes me to the... The text takes me to the court, to the... um, manual for teachers where it speaks of that that um, attribute of teachers of God of generosity that if there's material things in the world and that's how we think of winners and losers and losing and gaining you know that it if you take something from me I don't have it anymore and it, it's the opposite what the course is teaching us about this um, idea of generosity of heart generosity of spirit that if I give love, the more I give it, the more it increases. Excuse me. So I'm sure, Lori, you've got some wonderful things to share. And Lemoyne, too, I'd love to hear them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. 
Lessons, you know, like many lessons. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Barry. No, sweetie, you go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say that this lesson today, like many lessons, tells us that in the middle of it, that we don't have to worry about anything. And we can just relax and turn everything over to the Holy Spirit. Like, I need to do nothing. And stuff like that. That's already been comforting to me today in the short time that I've been awake uh, today. And that God's healing voice protects all things today, and including me. God's healing voice protects me today. And so, uh, thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. This Beautiful. is Jennifer. <laughs> so receiving has been a little hard thing for me. Um, and thinking that when I give or I'm being asked to give someone something that I don't have, I go in defense. defense. That's just one, you know, episode of what that looks like in action in my life. So I understand now my suffering much better than I did a year ago or 10 years, oh my God, 10 years ago on back. So looking at it, being willing to be still enough and look at my, my being walled up and not allowing love um, guidance, help that I need every second of the day to come and help me as it is intended for each of us in our innocence, in our natural state, which is innocence. So the first step would be just to look at um, that, that I'm not receiving and then to ask for, to be still enough to start um, allowing in situations of stress to be guided, which means to listen, to really listen. What do I need in this moment? And then, and then allow that to come in. And more and more, my experience of that is Jennifer, you need to lay down. You need to move right now. You need um, the time to, to allow yourself to do those things. You need... So I'm, I'm receiving um, my peace through my innocence because I'm asking the question, how am I suffering? Where am I... Where's the stress of my day lighting up? And, and it's a pointer. That stress is pointing out where I need to receive love. I'm complete. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, you know, that's, um, 
you make an excellent point uh, because it's he says it right here in this reading no one can give what he does not have no one can give what he does not have and um, and and Jessica said it just perfectly it is the function of God's teachers to accept the atonement for themselves the atonement I need to say it again um, is the reestablishment of the right relationship between man and God and the right relationship between all of God's sons the atonement is both vertical and horizontal I can't accept you know deny and you will feel denied uh, he says in this reading I can't I can't accept what I'm will, unwilling to share I just can't it's impossible because if I deny I will feel denied because giving and receiving are one in truth they say it's the most difficult the most difficult thing to learn but um, that's that's the gift of this Course in Miracles you know there's um, giving and receiving teaching and learning meaning and means an end uh, all of these things are one and it's only through forgiveness which is the expression of the atonement the sharing of the atonement the withdrawal of my projected errors on the world um, that sets everything right in um, the manual for teachers it says in the question how are healing and atonement related they're not related they're the same when I can accept the healing of my mind which is to say um, my daughter you have a mistaken idea about yourself and in that you are wrong you are not condemned I never condemned you are innocent perfect and holy as you were created you are innocent love And when I can, in a holy instant, accept that miracle, uh, I instantly have Christ's vision. I've learned to look upon uh, this thing I thought was me as a mistaken idea. This thing that is me is a perfect soul of God. And when I accept that, that's accepting the love of God and the love of God is so complete and so thorough and so all-encompassing that it fills every single empty place ever you know the the soul knows he says that it both has and is everything and when every empty place is filled with love I cannot not share uh, because the nature of love is sharing just as the nature of holiness is sharing and, and the gift of this Course in Miracles 
is in the teaching and learning relationship. It's entirely in the teaching and learning relationship. When I learn that you have no um, interests separate from my own, that we share the same interest, the interests of our Father, the interests of truth, we enter into a relationship that is holy. And I noticed something really happy today. Um, when I was thinking about the gift of open-mindedness, so I was really happy that you you touched on that, Judy. Because the first thing I wrote on my on my page today, in response to paragraph 78, is who writes upon my slate? If I can accept that my mind is part of God's and I am very holy, I've accepted God's whole healing voice protects all things today. That's the same idea. The idea that it's only truth that writes upon my slate today. Only truth. If I have a mistaken idea about what I am or what you are, um, my slate needs a good erasure. <laughs> and the atonement is is that idea. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. Everything is perfect and holy as myself says Christ's mind. Everything is perfect and holy as myself. The lesson says the same thing. Very last sentence, if you'll notice. The safety that I bring is given me. Father, your voice protects all things through me. Christ's voice protects all things through me because he writes upon my empty slate. He fills my empty cup. He tells me the truth of everything because I don't know. Simply that. How is he saying that first paragraph? Truth is of more value to me than all illusions and it must be revealed to me. Who writes upon my slate? Who writes upon my slate? And that writing is the word of God. You notice in this book the word atonement is always capitalized just as word of God the truth God's son is pure and holy as myself his son forgot he said yes and when I can accept that gift of holiness um, I've erased my slate I've emptied my mind I've let truth be true and now I understand what it means. No one can give what he has not received. Now I understand that it's the privilege, it's the privilege, the privilege of the forgiven to forgive. What is forgiveness? You know, forgiveness isn't something I do for my brother. It's something I do for my mind. And I don't do it. What I do is say I value truth more than all illusions not one illusion would I keep not one spot of imperfection would I retain and this must be revealed to me we've talked so much about specialness and, and that ugly characteristic of the ego that that wants to be special and and 
equality is the opposite of that, you know. Um, and then we learn about specialness replaced by special function. And I just, I want to I wanna read what this gift is, exactly like he says it. The grace of God rests gently on forgiving eyes, and everything they look on speaks of him to the beholder. He can see no evil, nothing in the world to fear, and no one who is different from himself. And as he loves him, so he looks upon himself with love and gentleness. He would no more condemn himself. I must receive this gift for his mistakes than damn another. He is not an arbiter of vengeance nor a punisher of sin. The kindness of his sight rests on himself with all the tenderness it offers others. I must share this gift, for he would only heal and only bless and be in accord with what God wills. He has the power to heal and bless all those he looks on with the grace of God upon his sight. This isn't mine. This doesn't belong to me. This is the grace of God. The manual for teachers, he says, the power that is within you, but not of you. Who's the only healer? Who's the only healer but the Holy Spirit in my mind and in the mind of my brother? And when I have a willingness that all things be healed, I'm saying the same as I want the truth and nothing but the truth and it must be revealed to me. So this special function, as I just read it, rests on grace of God, rests on forgiving eyes. This isn't this isn't a gift that that anyone has in particular. It's the it's the gift of the Holy Spirit on the mind, on the empty mind, on the open slate, on the mind willing to receive it. Christ's vision, he says in lesson 159, is the source of all healing. And what is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to project truth through my mind on this world. That's all it is. I don't do that. I allow forgiveness to be done. When I saw things like an ego, you know, it's just like he says in What is Forgiveness? It's frantic, rushes about everywhere, trying to push reality over to have it its own way in order to justify its failure to forgive. But the one who forgives is the Holy Spirit. The grace of God rests gently on forgiving eyes. That's why this, this, this work is such a, a splendid, splendid gift. I'm back to the manual for teachers now. All these characteristics of God, God's teachers, he says, God, God gives special gifts to his teachers, not because they're special, but because they allow to be born in them gifts of the holy relationship. When I can understand that every, every brother is God's gift to me, Every brother is God's gift to me in order that I might learn trust, in order that I might learn honesty, in order that I might learn generosity, in order that I might learn faithfulness, in order that I might learn open-mindedness, in order that I might learn gentleness. 
all of these gifts of God and the characteristics of God's teachers are God's gifts born of the holy relationship that says I would rather truth be true than anything else and truth is true for my brother as it is true for me now I'm in right relationship I'm in right relationship with creation and I'm in right relationship with God I've accepted atonement for myself I've put my mind in that open place where truth can shine on it and reveal the truth is the same for me as it is for all creation no longer am I plagued by unforgiving thoughts that rush around wildly trying to tip over reality for its own liking all of this is the gift of God all of it and that's why forgiveness you know I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, I just want to share a meditation that helped me so much with this especially as regards the justice of heaven he's he's saying he's saying here to my mind if you can accept the truth about yourself you would not be willing to throw one brother out of heaven you would not be willing to have that be done you would say no one deserves to be thrown out of the mind of God that's what he's saying it's very simple and when I ask myself the truth of that would I throw anyone out of heaven would I fail would I fail in my mission to accept the truth would I would I fail to let Christ's face be projected through my, my mind all these are saying the same thing it's all saying the same thing I had a meditation that helped me a lot in that meditation I pictured heaven I don't like to visualize a lot but this one really really helped me because it liberated me from the idea of bodies and behavior but I pictured myself in this place of beauty and holiness with Christ's arm around my shoulders sharing this beauty and holiness with me and over the hills I watched everyone I love come everyone I ever smiled on come and pretty soon I let I allowed everyone I never ever ever would have allowed come to this place I watched them come over the hill and to each one I felt this joy arise in me I said oh my god I'm so glad you found this place this same one that I would have said never ever ever could be in heaven with me <laughs> you know I didn't know what made me happy I didn't know what made me happy until I started practicing that meditation and then I learned true happiness is open-hearted welcome letting Christ's face smile through my mind no I would I would not cast anyone out of heaven he's asking that of every mind and when I realized that's the truth I understand justice and forgiveness rests on my sight isn't that beautiful I'm complete
Thanks, Lori. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. The truth shall set us free. Just love that. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Lori. Um, hi, this is Diane. Uh, can I share? Yes. Oh, please do. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, um, but when it comes to me, um, just thinking about the, the Holy Spirit and uh, love and forgiveness, I, I know that when I am able to uh, experience the, the Holy Spirit sort of overtaking me and causing me to be able to just continue that walk in the Spirit, given so many blessings where it's not an effort to love, it's not an effort of mine to uh, to be in the, the spirit of forgiveness. Um, I even uh, recognize that I'm able to figure things out with no effort. Fear is removed from me. It's like everything that I desire, I receive when I'm, you know, in that spirit and walking by the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful experience. It's a beautiful feeling. It's just everything, all the errors are sort of removed and pushed to the side. And I'm not walking in error. I'm walking in truth. But there are uh, situations where that might crop up, unexpected situations that causes me to, what the Bible said, grieve the Holy Spirit. And suddenly I'm not in that, I'm not there. It's like I lose that ability to continue that walk. And then I'm back into trying to figure it all out. What happened? You know, I used to cry about that. I used to, you know, say, what happened? Uh, I didn't know what was causing me to lose that beautiful presence of the Spirit. Um, I don't cry about it anymore. The Holy Spirit is teaching me there's something that I'm not aware of. And what I'm not aware of is what is what has caused me to grieve. What has caused me to cause the spirit to sort of move back. Uh, and it's it's um, sort of like I'm, 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 I've been reading this book on the mental equivalent of uh, what has been seared in my brain. The error that's been seared in my brain crop up when there are situations in my life that happen that will create fear or that will cause me to, without even thinking, judge another brother or sister, without thinking, uh, to uh, get angry and, and have feelings of condemnation for someone else, without thinking. 
is something in me that I need to learn how to move out of my life, get rid of, learn, learn to love. The Holy Spirit, when I can get myself into a position to receive the Holy Spirit, gives me all of that. But I can't maintain it because there's something inside of me that's triggered, that will, something will happen that will trigger me, cause me to do those things, you know, to act out in error. And when I do that, the Holy Spirit sort of, not that the Holy Spirit will leave me, but I don't feel the full presence, can't feel the full presence, because the Holy Spirit acts only in love. Holy Spirit is not about judging anyone or condemning anyone. So when I act that way, Holy Spirit sort of steps back away from me. And Holy Spirit is telling me I need to learn what is causing me. I need to learn how to get rid of these, this error. And I know that that's what the, you know, the, the Course in Miracles is teaching us. But until I can get to a point to where I'm really willing to release all of this, where I'm really willing to love, you know, everyone, no matter what circumstance I experience, it doesn't matter whether someone treats me in a hateful manner or does something to me, you know, that's not fair. It doesn't really matter. I have to be able to see it different. I have to be able to look past it, and I have to be able to still see that that person is a child of God. That person is, is even though um, they have those negative attributes about them, that person is still loved by God. Like me, I'm loved by God. I, I'm not perfect, and I... I have some attributes that are not great. But why should I expect for God to always love me but not love the person who may have done something negative to me? They're in the same situation that I'm in. Or rather, I'm in the same situation that they're in when it comes to the love of God. So then I have to be willing to say I still love this person, I still uh, I'm willing to forgive this person uh, it doesn't matter I have to see not the person I have to see not the body I have to see the spirit, spirit behind that person and the love of God behind that person that is where the Holy Spirit is telling me I'm really having difficulty and and um I have to become willing. <clears throat> I have to understand that uh, the, the teachings of the Course in Miracles get me to that mindset where my heart can, can open up and, and accept anyone with just simple love. The way the Holy Spirit, uh, what, what I'm given by the Holy Spirit when I'm filled with the Spirit is absolutely beautiful. I mean, the Holy Spirit is showing me what I can always live by every day, just like breathing. You know, I take my breath, 
uh, without even conscious, without a conscience, I'm grieving. And the Holy Spirit showed me this is how it's supposed to be. Walking every day in the Spirit with love for all, for your fellow man, forgiveness for your fellow man, knowing every situation, how to understand and work out every situation without effort. This is how it's supposed to be. But until I can change that mental equivalent of that, maybe something that may have happened to me, you know, growing up or whatever, whatever hurt that caused me to, to attack my brother or uh, judge my brother or sister or uh, want to put some blame, the Holy Spirit is showing me I can, I will come and then I will leave. Under those circumstances, I will leave, but I will continue to show you. I will continue to guide you. You will continue to get to the point to where you will be, you'll finally be willing, if you're willing, to let that go and do this the right way. I just wanted to share that because I I, I used to cry when when Holy Spirit would step back because I didn't understand what was going on, but now I understand. I do have to have the willingness to let the error go. Thank you. That was beautiful, Diane. Thank you. Excellent. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Very much. You know, I'm still um, reeling with your share, Lori. That, um, and I think it it brings us brings us together in all of this. That, um, you know, we have mistaken beliefs and uh, mistaken ways of thinking, ways of looking at the world, of looking at ourselves through the eyes of judgment and. Um, you know, the Course very clearly says wisdom is the relinquishment of judgment. And that's wisdom with the capital W, the perennial, loving, peaceful wisdom of God that sees everything as he created it, as perfect in spirit. And, you know, to, to speak this in words makes it sound so lofty and, and like somewhere else, like heaven somewhere else. But heaven's... heaven's I love the way you you imagine it. And I have a bumper sticker that's, you know, from John Lennon's old song, Imagine. There is no heaven. The way we think of heaven being outside of us or God being outside of us and far away somewhere else, that God in heaven is right here, right now within us. That's the truth of us, that we see through the light that God projects through our eyes. And everything is an image on a screen that we can see because of this ability to have vision. It speaks of vision in a very real, real, capital real sense, that we're projecting a world that's expressing the love of God and the Son of God, the one Son of God, which is in its totality creative. We think of the personal brain mind as being creative, but the Course makes it that subtle distinction 
that we that we deprive ourselves of our glory and our grandeur by limiting ourselves to a, a judgment of limitedness upon ourselves, that we are in no way limited, that we are perfect love itself. That's how God created us. Our mind and our heart, our soul and our spirit is made from perfect love. That's how I exist. Lana spoke of I am, I know, I'm here, I exist. That's the the sacred words, be still and know I am. Everybody says it, but we overlook it and take it for granted. Like, you know, being on a planet in a universe and, and, and is, isn't extra, exquisitely and extraordinary miraculous that we are miracles itself. We are expressions of love itself, capital itself. Each and every one of us is a miracle of love's expression, capital love. God's one love, one source, and we're not second to it. We're not secondhand stuff. We, we think we are because we identify with the dust in the body, which is dust in the body of the whole universe. But we are purely mind and spirit. And I, I, I really am standly, I want to stand in the truth, the truth that sets me free. I'm an incredible being of light and love. And being lightness itself, the light that shines, Forgiveness is its function because the world has become a place that needs healing. It's become a place of conflict and war. People at war within themselves. There's a whole chapter on on that in the text. We are in conflict with who's authored, who authored us. We have one true capital authority. But the ego wants to run another authority, another script line and take it as reality when it's not the course teaches us this is a dream you know it's it's a very physical dream but it's a dream we're dreaming we're something other than god and there is no other to god he's simply one and it's one son is one creation with the voice of god who keeps everything safe this lesson today seems clearly of that I'm safe, perfectly safe and protected in my creation as the oneness of the kingdom, soul and spirit. You know, I sit down with this in the last couple lessons where it starts talking about fear. What can threaten me? And I'm reminded of what it says in the beginning of the text, the introduction. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing real can be afraid. Christ is my reality. Christ consciousness, Christ spirit, the one Son of God is my reality. It cannot be threatened. It has no fear. And it sees nothing other than itself. Pure perception is purely spirit. Pure innocence itself. I don't have to, to, to earn it or deserve it or undo anything except identify it myself with it and claim it. And when I said Jude's got to go, that's, you know, any kind of Jude personal thinking has nothing to do with this grand and magnitude idea. 
one's thought, the word of God. And it's like beyond what Judy can even imagine. Try and imagine heaven. <laughs> you can't do it. No can do. So there's this, there's this, what appears or it seems to be a divide, a split, but there is no split. And that's, that's the simplicity of the recognition there is no separation from God. Because God is everywhere and in everything. And when I learn to see through his eyes, I see myself, capital self, in everything. And that is what love is. You can't not love it. What's not to love? I'm complete. Oh, thanks, Judy. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. I love that message. And just to add to that, Jude, when I don't understand what's going on, uh, at least I can say God's got a plan here because God is in everything. I don't understand it. I may not feel it. I may not like it. I might feel like crap. I might not understand. You know, I might be confused, but I can always go back with God's got a plan. And then I settle a little bit, and then I'm still, and then I ask Holy Spirit, Show me, show me the plan, show me the truth. And then I wait in trust and in faith. I mean, everybody here has problems. We all have problems. How are we dealing with them? Or are we just, you know, talking about them? I want to hear how people are, 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 are solving their problems. That's what this book is all about. I'm completely... Good morning, Karen. Oh, it sure is. Thanks, Sandra. Hi, Karen. Hi. I have a lot going on. And um, I was told on Saturday not to bring my dysfunctional family problems to the call. And then I was told this morning that I should take my problems to the Holy Spirit, which I agree. But, you know, I've been doing that. Believe me, <laughs> I've really been doing that. Um, so I just want to recap. I can wait if you're about to close the call. That would be fine, or I could wait anyway until you stop the recording. But I want to get a word in somehow. What's your preference, Lori? <laughs> uh, it's Lemoyne to say, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Okay. Well, I you said you wanted to get a word in. I mean, have you have you done the word that you wanted to get in? I mean, if you have a no, I'd like to share, but I can wait until the recording stops because I don't know what time it is. Yeah, would you first quarter after? Would you? And uh, so, would you like to do that, and then I can share? That'd be great. I'm not con- <laughs> That'd be great. I I have just been led to uh, giving up any attachment to time or length of call again, so <laughs> or length of recording. I mean, 
probably so, better if I wait because it's personal. Okay. So it may not be relevant to everyone. So I'll just go after you are finished. I'm complete. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've had uh, <laughs> I had a great, wondrous difficulty in, in trying to find a way to um, wrap wrap it up, if you will, or I don't like wrap it up, but to share at the end of the call and. Um, at this point, uh, all I can do is I'm going to go back to a line that that I didn't really get hung up on, but I tried to, a line from the reading in 85, it says, a miracle can never be received because another could receive it not. And I think this, I, I tried to say, how do you say that positively? And, you know, about the best I could do is, like, a miracle is always received because I receive it. <laughs> and and I think this that that's helpful in some way. <clears throat> Speaking to the nature of miracles as always on offer by um, the Holy Spirit, which... I've uh, increasingly come to see is something like just the correct perception of our own mind, you know, the mind that was in Christ, that the mind that was in Christ being you is is a prayer for for healing. Not to not a demand that someone else. <coughs> you know, I think you're off mute, Lori. Um, uh, oh, I beg your pardon. Not a not a demand that someone else receive a miracle so that I can or something like that. Um, but really, I think the 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 inverse of the statement that it can never be received because another could receive it not is or not inverse, but the contrapositive, the positive way to say it, is in paragraph 4 in 84. Everyone is equally entitled to the Holy Spirit's gift of deliverance, healing, and peace. And, uh, you know, I notice when I get hung up, you know, when people focus on one line, they often miss the next line, which is the real knock it out of the park line. So I was stuck on the line in 85, and the next line is, only forgiveness offers miracle. And, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, maybe it's, I, perceiving it as only forgiveness offers access to miracle, perceiving that it's really always there on offer. Um, and so everyone is equally entitled to his gift of healing and deliverance and peace. And the next line is, to give a problem to the Holy Spirit to solve for you means that you want it solved. And I think, you know, with these errors that seem, that seem to be 
stuck in our minds that were put there in some, you know, rather horrible misadventure where you can get everyone to agree, oh, that did not go well at the very least. Um, is, uh, is what we, is a belief, a judgment on ourselves that we formed at that point. And so, you know, the, these things that hold us stuck are judgments that we believe are eternal and and therefore we hold to them like they are and really the thing this is i think this is a real key line here you know to give a problem to the holy spirit to solve for you means that you want it solved and um, i believe there's a line in the beginning of one of these sections in this chapter um or in a recent chapter, where it's like, you know, errors only call for correction. And when they're corrected, they disappear, right? If it was an error and the correct vision is available, it can replace it, right? So, but this all goes to this thing of our sole responsibility must be to take forgiveness for yourself in 86. And there is a necessity for, it's not like some, you know, pull your socks up, tighten your belt, and make some screaming determination of will, but there is a need to take the forgiveness in place of the judgment. And it really is an act of will and involves taking something, but the healing is in the release. And, you know, what what is healing in this case is just replacing what is already there back in the correct the corrected perception of ourselves in the world yeah there, there's just had so many so many different riffs on this go through my head this morning you know the miracles depend on justice and that you know, the justice of God, it, I used to used to create this little syllogism or tautology between justice and peace, where the justice of God is the peace of God, where no, no one is harmed. And similarly, the peace of God is the justice of God, where no one is harmed. But this this reading in this chapter and this remedy is to see justice more simply, perhaps, as just love. And then both peace and justice are nothing more than the love of God, which is the source of all things. (laughs) 
And this corrected perception allows freedom to, to arise. And I want to close with something. I think this is where, oh, where I put it. There it is. Um, that Lori pointed out to me, uh, I think on Friday. So, you know, this is chapter seven, the laws of mind. To heal, then, is to correct perception in your brother and yourself by sharing the Holy Spirit with him. And I don't, I don't think this is about preaching. It's about the Holy Spirit with somebody. This is simply the agreement and alignment of the will that we're sharing the same ground of being. And if the other person is having difficulty sharing, <laughs> you know, in all in in making that manifest, you know, to to be a, a healer or a miracle worker is to not lose sight of this correct perception that we share a mind, the one mind, which is the source of all creation. So the sharing places you both within the kingdom, places you both within the kingdom, and restores its wholeness in your mind. This parallels creation because it unifies by increasing and integrates by extending. And what I was pointed to is a little further down where it, it talks about, well, I'll just go ahead and plot through the whole thing, okay. So it parallels creation because it unifies and integrates increasing and extending what you project you believe this is an immutable law the mind in this world as well as in the kingdom contents different in this world because the thoughts it governs are very different from the thoughts in the kingdom the outstanding characteristic of the laws of mind as they operate in this world and i is that by obeying them, and I assure you that you must obey them, and I think to add, if you believe you're in this world. So this outstanding characteristic is that you can arrive at diametrically opposed results. This is because the laws have adapted to the circumstances of this world in which diametrically opposed outcomes are believed in. The laws of mind govern thought, and you do respond to two conflicting voices. You have heard many arguments on behalf of, quote-unquote, the freedoms, which would indeed have been freedom if man had not chosen to fight for them. That is why they perceive, quote, the freedoms as many instead of one. Yet the argument that underlies the defense of freedom is perfectly valid because it is true 
it should not be fought for, but it should be sided with. And and it says, those who are for freedom, even if they are misguided in how they defend it, are siding with the one thing in this world which is true. Whenever anyone can listen fairly to multiple sides of any issue, he will make the right decision. This is because he has the answer. And, uh, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I think this freedom that is, is needed and is available if we want the solution is simply a freedom to be and to be as we were created, which is, you know, peace and enjoy and experiencing freedom. And it does, I think, I want to thank you, Lori, for your share, because that was just a wonderful example of something from A Course of Love, where it says, you must forgive God for creating a shared reality before you can understand it's the only one you want. And uh, this is... This is how, you know, the specialness passes only by our forgiveness of ourselves, that all the other judgments flow from our self-perception. So it really is about allowing ourselves simply to be, and that freedom is at least part of what is referred to in this final message. What is God's belongs to everyone and is their due. And I'll stop there. <laughs> that is stupendous, LeMoyne. Just so excellent a summary. Thank you very much. Well, I had no plan to get back to that final line, but it sure fell right out. Uh, Yes, it did. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Thank you. Find the button here. Well, thanks for everyone who's been here, all who shared, and all (laughs) whether you're reading, read, or listening, those become later to listen. Welcome, and we'll continue, but I'm going to end the recording here.